Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by JSL Solutions. The Church Solutions Podcast is designed to help equip you and your church in the use of technology and other tools and services. And now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Welcome again, folks, to another edition of the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson, and with us today is Michael Gray, and I'll introduce our guest in a moment. Michael, how are you? Great. How are you, Phil? I'm doing well. Steve Lacey, who normally is uh, one of our co-hosts here. Uh, Steve is, uh, I don't know, he's fixing a water heater? No, he did that yesterday. Uh, what's he doing? He <laughs> he's on busy coding something on some kind of web streaming app somewhere. Yeah. I think, he's probably, like I think he's probably. I think he's probably working on his Mustang. He's just telling us that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyhow, so uh, for those of you who may be a little new to us, Michael Gray's been with us a few weeks here. Michael uh, and and us, we go way back. He's helping us here at StreamingChurch.tv with customer support during this whole COVID nineteen. Doing a great job. I'm very grateful for you, Michael. Uh, helping uh, us it's out been here. a blast, really helping people out who are venturing into streaming for the first time and helping them find their way it's been a lot of fun challenging but a lot of fun well it is it is it is fun and it's fun to see people uh, you know be able to uh uh you know their eyes opened up and they'll be able to do some things that they haven't done before so let's get to our guest we've had our guest on before uh paul steinbrook is our guest hi paul how are you Good. How are you guys doing today? Good. Paul is with Our Church, OurChurch.com, and uh, we've had him here before, but just uh, his little bio, he's actually from Safety Harbor, Florida, which, again, if my memory serves correct, that's, what, a little bit north of Tampa, northeast? Uh, a little bit west, north on the Gulf side. West, west of Tampa, okay. Yep. And uh, Paul's been there. He's got three teenage kids. Um, he's an elder. He's a uh, small group leader, life group leader. Uh, he plays bass for his church, Journey Community Church. How's the bass gig going for you there? Well, not doing much bass during uh, the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> but, That's right. But I love it when we're when we're playing. Yeah. Well, uh, it's good. So we're we're glad to have you here. We've had you on before, and we're going to talk about uh, since we're in this COVID nineteen thing. Uh, you you post a blog with ourchurch.com, but tell us very quickly what is ourchurch.com? What is that? What do you guys do? Well. Um, our mission is to help Christian organizations live out their mission online. And uh, we do that by providing websites, um, either do-it-yourself websites with our website builder, or um, we build custom websites for churches and other Christian ministries. Um, we also take care of the web hosting, and we do search engine optimization. Um, again, mostly for churches, but also for Christian-owned businesses and mm-hmm. ministries, so yeah. forth. Good deal. Yeah. You guys have some good content and some good resources. And one of the resources you have is a blog and you posted this the other day and I was thinking about it. And, and honestly, I was going to just uh, rip off some of your questions uh, mm-hmm. that you, you, you're asked in this blog. And then uh, somebody suggested, why don't we just have him on? I thought, well, I don't think get him on or not. He, he's busy, but, but we got you on here. So what we thought we would talk about today is 15 questions and we may not get through all 15 because we're only going to do this for a half hour but 15 questions your church reopen plan your church reopen plan should address and uh, like here in tucson arizona things are starting to open up here now i know of at least one church last week that met and Mm -hmm. there's probably other churches and 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 i know across the country here 
there are churches meeting. And so what's on a lot of people's minds and leaders' minds is, okay, if we're going to reopen, you know, anytime soon here, we should probably have a plan. And, and what's the plan include? So uh, I'd love it, Mike and I would love it if you would kind of just kind of go through some of this uh, really from your blog and let's kind of talk a little bit about that. Does that sound okay to you? Sure. Yeah. And uh, to start, let me, I want to share a true story with you because we, um, we survey our users every month. And okay. so um, earlier we were surveying our users and we asked them, um, if you have a plan, uh, a church reopen plan, would you share it with us? Because we wanted to share examples with other churches so that they would have something to start with. And um, I got some responses, people who said yes. I followed up with one of those people um, who said they had a plan to share. And their response was, our plan is to reopen sometime around the end of June. More details are being decided. And <laughs> you saw that. Okay. That was their plan. That is a plan. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, churches need a little bit more help in developing their plan. And so that's why I decided to write about yeah. 15 questions that, uh, that churches should address in this. All right. Um, well, I, I think it, all churches really are um, trying to search for answers, figure out the best way, uh, best way to reopen. And I think um, also a lot of um, how well the reopen goes, it depends a lot on how good the plan is and on how clearly it's communicated because um, lack of uh, clarity breeds fear and anxiety and people will stay away when they're not sure what the mm. church is doing to alleviate their safety concerns and everything. So yeah. the more thorough your plan can be um, and the more thoroughly you can communicate it, um, addressing the questions that your congregation has, um, the more comfortable people are going to be coming back and the, just the better the, the overall process is going to be. Yeah, yeah that, that's really good stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's just jump into it. One of your first points you bring up here, which I think is excellent, mm -hmm. is, is what questions and what concerns do your people have, the people in your church have? Have you been able to identify those, and, and what are those things? So I think that's a good point. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. And so the other questions that we're going to get to in this, um, they're all questions that I think are all churches have in common. But, you know, every church is unique. Um, every church's demographics, their building situation, um, their culture, their resources, how people uh, transport to and from the church services, all those things are different. And so you can't just go based on some other church's reopen plan. Um, you've got to be real specific to your congregation's uh, specific situation. And so I think um, a good way to start is by surveying your congregation. And uh, we're actually going to be posting a, a new blog post today and uh, should be up by when this podcast airs. Um, that's going to address um, 15 questions um, you should ask your congregation. And so this is going to get the kind of insight and feedback that you need in order to customize your church reopen plan so it addresses the questions and concerns your congregation has specifically. Good stuff. Go ahead, Mike. I don't want to just dominate. I, I, this. Uh, well, I, I had I, it was that was great stuff, and and immediately came to mind. Uh, do you guys are you aware? What is there an easy tool that I can send all of the folks that attend my church in order to get that feedback? Well, what do you guys use? 
because yeah. I think that's a brilliant idea. Get get feedback and then make sure you have the most important pieces yeah. addressed. Well, I'm a I'm a big fan of using Google Forms, which is a part of Google Drive, and they make it real easy to build your own survey. Um, and then you can just send out a link to everybody in the congregation. So that's what I would right. recommend okay. doing. And, uh, you know, use a good combination of open-ended questions. Mm. Like if you want to ask, you know, what questions and concerns do you have? That's a good open-ended question uh, to ask people. But then also for other types of questions, you can use multiple choice questions where you can ask people like, when we reopen, are you going to be there the first week? Or are you going to, you know, sit back a couple weeks and see what happens? Or are you going to wait until all the social distancing is open? Uh, and that those are the types of questions you can do multiple choice and get a good feedback percentage wise, how many people are, you know, in which position on that. That's great. Yeah. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah. Google forms is great. Uh, I was just thinking jot forms would mm -hmm. probably be good. Is it jot form, Mike jot form? Yeah. yeah. If you uh, use it's... that tool, that's another great one. Both yeah. of those are really great for that process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. That's, that's really good stuff, Paul. Uh, really getting people's feedback. That's real important. Okay. All right. So uh, let's kind of jump into some of the practical things here. Mm -hmm. uh, cleaning, uh, you know, when you're looking at reopening, uh, cleaning, what should you do? Uh, how does it work? Do we just throw some bleach on the floor? Uh, <laughs> any feedback or thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I'm, I have never been a, a custodian, and I've never played one on TV, so uh, <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have the best answers necessarily for that, but I just think that's one of the questions that you got to go out and find the answers to. For the, yeah. you know, check the CDC guidelines, check what other people who are cleaning experts, you know, you can think of the things that are commonly touched, like door handles right. and, uh, you know, items yeah. in, the, in the bathroom facilities and so forth, but... Uh, and then think about, you know, what's going to happen? Are you having more than one service? Do you have to wipe stuff down between services? And, um, you know, what else is going to have to happen uh, in children's areas and all of that stuff? I remember years ago when I was starting a church, I had four families uh, and, and they all had kids. And, and that's a whole other story. We, we church grew and ch kids were a big part of it. So I guess we were reaching our target. But I remember when we first started, uh, we had four families and they all had kids. And uh, we, we told them, guys, we need to clean the nursery every time. You know, there need, the nursery needs to be, and this was, you know, many years ago before any kind of a issues of viruses. Or, and, and there was people that kind of gave me flack on that. They was like, oh, listen, wow. you know, and what was it? Uh, what, uh, what is it? Listerol? Not Listerol. That's a mouthwash. Uh, Lysol. 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 They tried to argue with me that Lysol, Lysol could cause birth defects and, I'm like, well, oh I've never seen any documentation on that. But the bottom <laughs> line is we need to get it. So we should be cleaning things anyhow, uh, but, but, but especially now that we're in the COVID-19 thing. So, yeah. So, again, uh, I think, and that's something probably you need to communicate as leaders of your church. Hey, we're cleaning. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. you might think, well, of course we're cleaning. People should know that. But putting it out there, letting people know, hey, we are doing detailed cleaning, uh, whatever time, how many times we have to do it. it, let people know, communicate. It's part of the point you brought up earlier about how communication is so important. So, yeah. Uh, sure. And I think the more specific you are about it, like what you're cleaning and when you're cleaning, um, the more comfort people are going to have. In that. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think that's your next blog for next week is uh, 15, 15 questions to communicate your plan mm-hmm. on yeah. how you're going to clean and reopen. Uh, <laughs> perfect yeah. segue there. That's, that's yeah. next Absolutely. week or next month or whatever. Yeah. Baseline so, communicate. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Michael. No, no. Baseline, uh, having been in communications, um, uh, default often is, uh, as you said earlier, Paul, in that, oh, well, they'll know. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll, uh, people just know intuitively, but they don't. And they're right now super uncomfortable and super worried. So, now is the time, if any time ever, to learn how to communicate well and over-communicate on all of your channels. Here's yeah. our, here's how we're going to clean, the, as Phil said, the nursery. Because, gosh, I don't want to bring my kid in and potentially get infected. So what are you doing uh, specifically in order to make my kid safe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moving on, greeters. So almost every church has greeters, hopefully. Uh, and I think that's another question you bring up here when it comes to, you know, a plan to reopen your church. Are, you know, are you as a church, and again, this is all going to depend on, on, you know, your church, but mm-hmm. uh, how many greeters are you going to have? Are you actually going to have greeters? Are, you know, are, is, is the day of shaking hands over? Uh, are we going to stop handing people programs or bulletins? Uh, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I think those are all good questions um, to, to ask. And I think that what's important here is that you don't want to leave it up to your greeters to basically use their own discretion. You know, you don't want to have one greeter that's still shaking hands and hugging people and then somebody else who's in like full protective gear head to toe, um, <laughs> you know, you got to have uniformity in that. And, you know, I think at this point, um, you know, I think handshakes and probably any physical touching are out of the question. So decide what you're going to do, some sort of like wave or air fist bump or something like that. Or if you're going to tap shoes or something, whatever, whatever the thing is right now, but probably no, uh, no physical contact. Yeah. Probably greeters should wear a mask, I would think. Yeah. Um, and yeah. beyond that, you know, get on the same page. You may want to have a greeter with gloves who's opening the doors for everybody. So nobody has to touch touch the doors um and, you know and every situation is going to be different you know how many doors are you going to have open and do you have different doors for children's ministry and you know every situation can be a little bit different so think through the process like imagine yourself being a guest or a member of your church coming up and actually walk yourself through and see where are you going to encounter greeters or where are you going to you know where are they going to walk in their journey uh, through your building yeah, that's great. Good point. Good point. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, once we get people in the door, uh, social distancing. How's that going to work? Does that mean we have to change our seating arrangements? And I realize these are all open-ended questions to you, Paul, and you're not going to have answers. But, uh, you know, are we going to, I mean, if like in Tucson here, well, not just Tucson, across the country, there's there's people are recommending like that restaurants limit the people inside their, their facility, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to, to, to be able to have, practice social distancing. And of course the complaint that many owners have is, you know, I, I can't, I'm not going to make it if we only have, if we're only half capacity, but mm-hmm. let's, let's translate that to the church or transfer that over to the church. You know, are we going to limit the number of people that show up for a service? 
Yeah, I mean, those are those are great questions. And I think they're going to vary depending on where you are in the country and what the culture of your congregation is like. I mean, I would put out there as a few suggestions that maybe you rope off every other pew or every other row of chairs. So at least you have a little bit of distance in there and you might recommend to give six feet, six feet between your family and the next feet and the next family over there. Um, but there's other things um, that you have to decide as a congregation too. Like um, for example, what are you going to do regarding masks? You know, we see this with, um, with retail stores some stores are actually requiring people, everybody to wear a mask. And so, you know, if you have um, an older congregation in particular, you might, well, first of all, you might want to just say, hey, for people who are older and people who are, have underlying health concerns, please don't show up, the, you know, the first few weeks. You might want to make that clear. But for everybody else, you'll, you'll have to decide. You want to make masks uh, mandatory? Do you want to make them recommended? Um, do you want to provide masks for people as they come in? Um, you know, those are questions I don't feel like I can answer for any church, but it's definitely something, you know, a conversation to have among your leadership and among your members. Absolutely. Again, getting feedback from people is very important and information on that. Uh, so everybody's, I don't know if everybody is, but a large group of churches now that aren't meeting are using, you know, streaming video. Uh, they're they're using different companies like ours, or they're they're just going to Facebook, or they're going to YouTube. Once we start meeting again, start having people in the door. Uh, the one of the questions you have on your blog is, you know, how are you guys going to continue to minister to people that that aren't ready to show up in person? Uh, so, are you uh, are you thinking of? Uh, the, the video, keeping going with video, or do you have some other things in mind that maybe to, to, to meet people where they're at, even if they're not coming to your facility? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think the, um, one of the things that we have to recognize that this, this is going to be a process. Um, it's not like, you know, one week we're meeting, uh, you know, via video, and then the next week everybody's in church. Yeah. You know, there's going to be people who are not comfortable coming back to the church building um, for months. So, I mean, if we just stop our live streaming, we're going to leave all of those people disconnected. So, I mean, I think it's really important that churches continue their live streaming or some churches, instead of live streaming, they're pre-recording services or pre-recording their sermons and then putting them on the website for people. So whatever you're doing, um, I would strongly encourage them to continue doing that um, into the future. And, um, you know, Hopefully, this will be a turning point, and it'll be something that churches continue doing uh, in perpetuity forever on this, even after the pandemic is over. But um, I think that's important to keep in mind that everybody's not going to be rushing back to the church building the first week. And so whatever you've been doing with live streaming, keep doing it. If you've been doing um, Zoom meetings for life groups or Bible studies and things like that, Keep doing those things um, just so you can keep people connected and people don't feel the need to come back right away when it might not be safe for them to come back right away. They're not comfortable, uh, which again, it gets back to communicating. Uh, feel free to jump in here, Mike. I don't want to just. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, no, it's good stuff, here. man. It's, yeah. it's a lot of stuff. I really appreciate this, yeah. this blog it's, because it's really so good. many of the pieces I hadn't thought of before <laughs> until you sit down and you answer that question for your yeah. organization. 
there are a lot of moving pieces and components and uh, you need to really have a plan for each one of these uh, great questions. Yeah. One of the things that uh, you have again in your blog, Paul is uh, snacks. And that's a big thing for, I think a lot of churches, certainly for my group. Uh, The only reason I go. Exactly. That's (laughs) just there. So, uh, Coffee, of course, is is you got snacks, you got that time where people kind of socialize. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID nineteen, we're starting yeah. to let people in. How is that going to change? Is it going to change? Should it change? Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are all questions to address, and uh, you know, it's not something I feel like we can answer for people. Right. But you might have to just decide, hey, we're going to have coffee and we're going to have somebody pouring it instead of like everybody walking up and pouring their own coffee or something like that. Yeah, yeah, good idea. But even the things like, you know, because I know at our church, I love to get a cup of coffee and then stand around with a few people, shake hands, talk with people like less than six feet away. And so whatever you decide, um, you know, you have to think about making that clear to to your congregation so everybody's on the same page. You know, if you're going to uh, maybe you don't have coffee or maybe if you do, like we said, maybe you're pouring it. And then maybe when you're talking with people, okay, everybody, we're not doing handshakes. So don't be the one person who feels like you're invincible and has to shake everybody's hand. You know, don't pay, make other people feel uncomfortable. And, you know, as much as you can try to keep to the, to the six feet um, just for the sake of other people. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, there's so many things that are, a part of our services, like the, the coffee and snacks, yeah. like the sacraments, like communion, oh, um, yeah. passing wow. the offering plate, you know, are you going <laughs> to do that or you find other ways to give, you know, every element of the service um, you have to think about, is this going to be some sort of a safety concern that we've got to do differently or pull back from? I had, I, I, reading your question, I've been processing a lot on, where my food comes from and who touches it before I'm getting it. And, and you know, your attenders are going to have those same questions, you know, did everyone down the line, I've been actually reassured from some companies who are communicating. Let me show you how this process works. No one touches this food with ungloved hands ever. Mm -hmm. Um, So if, if you're going to still offer your donuts, please do whoever you are, please make the donuts available. Uh, I'm just teasing, (laughs) but, (laughs) but the idea of knowing where the food come comes from and who touched it and how safely has it been processed is really huge in making me comfortable as to whether I'm gonna, you know, partake in that part. And you mentioned communion. Gosh, so many varying ways people do that. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe the prepacked would be a way to go mm-hmm. to keep from, you know, hands-on touching uh, and even gloved setting them up to pass out. Uh, so many components that I, I had never thought all the way through uh, when you're experiencing something like wow. this. I think it's going to be great for churches that take the time and walk through these questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're Roman Catholic, you just have the priest just, just hand people the the Eucharist, right? And, right. And of course, but drinking even, the cup. Yeah, even that though is the priest going to touch one person's lips and then touch the next person's lips? Ooh, uh, yeah, yeah. There's so many, wow. so many contact points that we don't think about that, is, that 
that really have a giant impact to one person being infected can infect a whole body of, of attenders and suddenly you have a giant catastrophe on your hands. Wow. Well, one thing I can I think we can say for certain is we're probably not going to see the common cup for a while. <laughs> I would hope not for at least a while for those that still do. Mm. Uh, folks, we're, uh, we've got a few more minutes here. We're talking to, with Paul uh, Steinbrook from OurChurch.com. And uh, uh, we're, you know, we're throwing these things out uh, the, from Paul's blog because they're just, as Mike was saying earlier, they're just good things to think about and consider. And, and as, as we've been saying here, like, oh, I hadn't, pro- hadn't thought about that. Hmm, I'm not sure about that. So uh, this is the time to start thinking about these things with your staff and your leadership team. Um, and it's just really important stuff. So uh, we've got a few more minutes here. Um, we've talked a little bit about nursery stuff, so uh, about cleaning that. But one of the things you bring up, Paul, is about maybe writing some new policies, new procedures. Um let me get us off track here for a little bit. And that is, you know, what do you do with somebody? And there's always people like this that walk in and say, ah, I'm not afraid of this COVID-19 thing. And, you know, try to hug everybody or, uh, or, or just buck at your, your ideas for social distancing. I mean, what do you, how, what do you say to somebody like that, Paul? Let's put you on the spot. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I think this is a big part of um, where clear communication comes in is that I think you've got to um, address that upfront. You know, you've got to have emails that go out about that. You've got to have um, your pastor, first time that you meet together, you know, right off the bat, the first thing that he talks about is, you know, what's the heart behind um, these right. policies, procedures, whatever you want to call them. And, you know, just let people know that, um, you know, we as Christians, we, you know, we are called not to fight for our rights, but actually being Christian is about laying down our rights, mm. really. I mean, Jesus mm. gave us a great example where, you know, he was sinless, and yet he didn't fight for his right to a fair trial or to be treated fairly. He actually sacrificed his rights for, for us. And so mm. in the same way, no matter what you think about COVID-19, whatever you think about social distancing, and all that stuff. This isn't the time to fight for your right. It's the time to think of others, love others. And um, if other people are not, you know, uh, if they're anxious about being in contact with other people, respect that and honor that and love them by following the guidelines that we have here. And uh, if you're not willing to do that, we might have to escort you out of the building. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. I, I think you really hit on something, Paul, in that in our Christ likeness, uh, we we may be huggers and we may be, you know, I've got to give up my hug and holy kiss. I'm just kidding. I would, you know, but some places that's still a norm. And uh, I've got to be able to be willing to give up something for someone else in, in this scenario, no matter what, no matter how I feel about it. Somebody else is so nervous that I'm really, really stepping on their boundaries by trying to be me. And so I need to reconsider what I'm willing to sacrifice, what I'm willing to give away so that somebody else can be comfortable and come to church. Last Mm -hmm. thing I want to do is to make somebody uncomfortable and not come back next week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Governor Cuomo from New York uh, 
one of the things I, you know, regardless of politics, one of the things he said about like even wearing a mask, he said, it's wearing a mask is, is, is being respectful. You, you want to be respectful, even though you may not have it or whatever, uh, or you're not worried about getting it. Wearing a mask is respectful to other people. And, and I think that, you know, it, it kind of boils down to what you mentioned there, Paul, is, is respecting and loving each mm-hmm. other. Okay, mm-hmm. so we, we, we have a minute left here or so. Uh, one of the things you do bring up in your article here is, is about reopening in phases. Uh, I have a friend that owns a restaurant here in Tucson, and they're going to open up here, I think, next week, but they're going to do it in phases. They're going to do like a soft opening uh, and, you know, they're trying to be really conscious about COVID-19 and all that. So uh, you bring up the point about opening up maybe or reopening in phases. Elaborate a little bit on that for the next minute or so. Sure. I mean, I think um, just as, like you said, we're seeing businesses opening in phases with different, um, like, percentages of capacity and stuff like that. Um, churches have the option to do that as well. You know, you may open up at 25% capacity or 50% capacity. And you may say, hey, we want every all people in the vulnerable populations, people who are elderly and everything to stay home during that time. And then you might go to a phase sometime later, um, maybe it's weeks or months, uh, or maybe it's determined by how, how many COVID cases you're getting in your area, but you may increase that percentage you might inv- invite vulnerable population to rejoin you with social distancing. So, you know, it's really up to your congregation to decide, are you going to phase it in? Um, but I think another thing to consider is if your church is doing well now, as it's, uh, you know, with your video uh, streaming of your services and people are staying connected in life groups through Zoom or whatever, you may say, well, you know what? We, there's no rush to come back. You know, we're doing church. Um, virtually right now, and it's working pretty well, we're just going to wait a few months, and then we're going to come back when we don't have to social distance. So, I mean, even that is an option for some congregations that may not want to go through all of these hurdles that you have to do in order to come back soon. That's a very good point. Uh, Our church is working really hard to communicate, not just with our streaming service on Sundays, but during the week with uh, Facebook Live and little devotionals during the week that we sent out with audio. And, and, and the point I'm making is I feel like we're, we're actually doing a better job at connecting with people now mm. <laughs> than we were when we were just meeting, you know? And so uh, that's, you know, something to really think about. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Not really. Oh, I'm no, sorry, Paul. Really. I didn't mean to. Well, I loved your other question about what new things have you done yeah. during this time period that you need to keep? I mean, there's some really golden nuggets of things people are doing that they need to bring into the everyday now. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's, I was going to make that same point that um, there are some good, good innovations that we're, we're making right now. So for some people, it might be live streaming for the first time. For others, it might be doing groups on Zoom. For others, it might be the texts and the social media during the week. Um, whatever is working well that's bringing your congregation together um, online or in other ways, keep doing that stuff. Let's not just go back to the way things were, but let's make this a step forward to be better connected. Absolutely. All right. Well, look, we're out of time. I I don't want to take any more of Paul's time and, and uh, I appreciate it. Paul, Paul uh, Steinbrook has been our guest today and he is with ourchurch.com. O U R C H U R C H 
com. Did I spell that right? And yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, I got a problem spelling it last time, but but he's uh, him and his brother uh, run this this. Uh, it's a business, but it's also a ministry. And uh, if you need any help with with uh, some of the things they do, check out the website. If you want to contact him, that would be the place to go. Uh, or you can just contact us, and we'll forward the message on to him. You just send us an email at support at streamingchurch.tv or just go to our website, streamingchurch.tv. And uh, uh, we can help you in any way. If uh, all of us here are here to help, to serve, uh, whatever we can do to help your ministry, to help your church, that's, that's why we do what we do. So, so, Paul, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Good to hang out with you guys and discuss these really important issues. Yeah, and Steve Lacey says hello. So uh, I'll... Oh, uh, he told me to relay that message to you. So uh, I'm sure we will. Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, Michael, for uh, being with with me today as well. Always a pleasure. Nice to meet you, Paul. Yeah. All right. And I'm uh, I'm Phil Thompson. And again, thank you for spending a little bit of time with us today. We hope this has been a help to you. This has been the Church Solutions Podcast. Uh, I I just hope that you have a great day. Please take care of yourself, and we will catch you again next time.